Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us here on the BetUS MBA show. I'm Kate Constable, joined today by Chris Farley and Alex Christensen. We're at the very tail end of the regular season, only a couple games left, which means a lot of the games that we're seeing right now are fairly lopsided. But one game yesterday that wasn't a great game throughout the entire thing was the uh, battle in New York, the Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets. Going at it uh, in Madison Square Garden. Chris, what did you think of that game? Nuts coming back from down big to win. Yeah, the Knicks in the first quarter of that one. Uh, so that worked out a nice little 8-0 run at the end of the first quarter there. Obi Toppin was pretty vocal about the fact that they really wanted to play hard in that game and uh, try to beat the Nets since they haven't done it all season. Uh, and they almost did, but uh, Durant and Kyrie really turned it on, you know, as they as they tend to do in the second half there. So a really good comeback by the Nets and a really kind of important game for them, right? Because they, they want to stay in that seventh or eighth spot. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Seventh or eighth spot. Um, so that is only, you know, one and done, hopefully, for them in the play-in tournament. So uh, the the way to play on the Knicks yesterday was to take them early, you know, yep. and, and I'm sorry that I didn't see that coming from a, a, long, a long ways away, you know, to bet on the Nets in the third quarter, but I didn't take advantage of it. Yeah, I didn't either. Kevin Durant, though, has been fantastic against the Nets throughout his entire career. He hasn't lost to against the Nets, against the Knicks. He hasn't lost to the Knicks since 2013 when he was in Oklahoma City playing for the Thunder. That's crazy. Alex, what did you think of that game? I was really impressed by the defense of the Nets, the way that they were able to make some halftime adjustments and hold the Knicks to 15 points in the third quarter and 16 points in the fourth. Now, the Knicks, without the players they're missing, aren't isn't the best roster in the world, but the Nets' real trouble has been slowing teams down. I mean, they could score 30 points a quarter, you know, with their eyes closed, basically, but teams can keep up with them, and that's what you really saw for the first half. They weren't able to slow the Knicks down at all, and they just the shots weren't falling, but I think there were some adjustments at halftime, and you watch the defense looked a lot better, and that's really what's going to be important going forward. Alex, yesterday you had two picks, didn't go so well your way. Maybe you should have flipped what you did there. You had Pistons uh, on the spread and then team total for the Hawks, but what happened in those games? Should have done Pistons team total over. I have to double check, but it looked like it closed right around 112, 112 and a half. They got to 113, but got blown out. The Mavericks 15 for 33 from three-point land. That was not in my model, unfortunately. You look at the other game, the Hawks score 118 points with some decent shooting numbers, but for the first time in a long time, get beat on the offensive boards. Um, usually they generate about four or five extra possessions with offensive rebounds, given some of the bigs they have and the way they attack the basket there. So without those extra possessions, honestly, to get to 118 was, was pretty cool, but they covered the spread. So, you know, wrong spread, wrong team total. Hey, today's a new day. Uh, Josh and I were both on the Celtics yesterday, beating the Bulls, and they um, beat up on them pretty good yesterday. Chris, what else were you on? Any Jazz picks? Any Suns picks? What was uh, on your slate? I did. I played on the Clippers, expecting for those Suns to sit, and uh, uh, you know, woke up and heard that the Suns had a massive comeback in that game. Uh, luckily, the Clippers still covered my line, just got them at minus one. Uh, but you know that. You know, not to get – I could get off on a tangent about this, so I won't. But Clippers, they are a dangerous team heading into the playoffs. Do you want to play the Clippers? You know, I mean, it's not that they've been consistent, but that's sort of the thing about them is you really don't know what to expect. And they're probably going to bring pretty darn good defense and now PG back and back in the rotation and getting comfortable um, 
feisty team. Now, obviously, if the Suns played all their you know, normal players or starters, then they probably win that game with ease. But I think a lot of teams in the West should, should fear the Clippers that are, are not named the Suns. The Clippers held the Suns to just nine points in the second quarter. That's crazy. I, I have to go back and check, but nine points, that seems like a record for lowest scoring quarter out of the entire season by any team. Now, the Suns also did put up 48 points in the fourth quarter, which is pretty <laughs> crazy. Alex, you know, nine points, that's got to be a record low, right? It feels like it has to be. I'm, I'm trying to Google it real quick. Oh, no, apparently the Dallas Mavericks scored two points in a quarter in 1997. Okay, but this season. This season. Oh, yeah, this season easily. Absolutely. Right? I, I don't think anyone's been under 15, let alone nine. I mean, it's right. that's pretty unbelievable for, for somebody to do that. So, I mean, it's... I wonder, honestly, if any team has scored less than 10 and a quarter and then over 45 and a quarter. The 48 to 26 fourth quarter is just, it speaks to the Suns. They're just relentless. They keep coming and coming and coming and coming. And kudos to anybody that had the guts to go for the middle. Yeah. Uh, Also rumored that Kawhi Leonard may make a return in the playoffs if they make it out of the play-in, which could be, have we heard anything about that? No? Yeah. I I guess I just don't believe it because... You know, he really hasn't practiced at all. That's a really tough injury to come back from, you know, so why force it now? Um, so I, I, I just don't believe it, but I've heard similar whispers. All right. Well, Alex doesn't believe it either. All right. We're throwing that not one. Not going to happen. Kawhi Leonard's not coming back. All right. Let's um, turn our attention to today. We'll take a look at our overall record as we get things started. Also, I'd love it if you would throw some questions or comments into the chat feature, and we'll get those answered for you towards the end of the show. Chris and Alex, the uh, race is on, almost over. Um, you guys are pretty much neck and neck. What needs to happen? Alex needs Chris, to win out. Chris needs to lose out, basically. More or less, uh, not to give away the show here, I only have one pick today, and Chris has one here. Now, Chris will be on tomorrow. Josh fills in for me, so let's see how that goes. But Chris is at least a pick or two ahead of me by now. Okay. Probably two. two to three. I need to not mess up. Uh, yeah. Is what Alex is saying, yeah. So just be perfect from here on out. Easy easy to do. All right, Magic and Hornets tonight. We'll start with that game. Hornets are 13.5-point favorites at home. Total here is 230.5. Charlotte's been struggling as of late. They've given up 144 points in each of their last two games. But I think things turn around for them a little bit tonight because they are playing the Magic, whose offense is not as uh, elite as those other two teams they just played. I'm going to take the Hornets laying the points. I know that's a lot. I'm also going to take the Hornets team total over 121. The Magic sit 24th in turnover rate, and the Hornets generate a lot of points off of turnovers. Third, they were third in points off of turnovers. Hornets are also third in pace and second in fast break points. So combine those two things of Orlando's tendency for turnovers with Charlotte's ability to get out and run to put up points in transition. I think this is a fast-paced game that Charlotte controls from the tip, and uh, I can see a lot of points being scored in this one, which is why I'm both comfortable with the team total and laying the 13.5 with Charlotte. Alex, what are your thoughts on this game? I think Charlotte's definitely the right side here. As you get to the last two, three games of the season, pull up the standings. 
double check them and make sure that any of these teams are really trying. And and you look at the standings, Orlando has been playing well in the last week or so, but the bottom three is tightened up. If you go to look at the rules, they made a change where basically the teams with the worst three records have the same odds for the number one pick. So that's kind of what everyone's fighting for. Things have tightened up a little bit down there. Orlando should be fine, but it seems like uh, based on the last game and the injury report tonight, Cole Anthony is out. Wendell Carter Jr. is out. Gary Harris is questionable. Franz Wagner is out. They're happy to kind of tuck away some losses here. The Hornets still trying. They have an outside chance of maybe sneaking into the eighth spot, but it's Hornets or nothing tonight. So I think you're on the right side, Kate. Orlando's defense hasn't been terrible if you look at their last 15 games or so. But with Wendell Carter Jr. out, Franz Wagner out, Cole Anthony out tonight, that defense drops quite a bit. They move back into the lower half of the league in terms of defensive rating. So um, I do like the points here with Charlotte. Chris, uh, do you agree at Houston, uh, Houston? The Hornets are probably the right side tonight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, as noted by one of the authors at the Oddsbreakers, which is a great sports betting site, uh, there, there are some systems going against the Magic here, too. I mean, think about it. This is not a great spot for the Magic, right? They're off that win as a home underdog, and now they're on the road as a huge underdog. Uh, that's just not a good spot for any NBA team, and it's not a good spot for the Magic tonight. Um, and one thing I like, too, is over 28 games, the Hornets 64% against the spread to the over when they are the favorite. Uh, and they've been a good ATS favorite this year. So, you know, basically what that means is when the Hornets can set the pace and set the tone of the game, when they're favored, right, when they're favored to do so, then they do take over the game. They do score a ton of points, and they generally cover those lines. Um, in general, Charlotte gains 50% to the over, so the market has done a pretty good job adjusting here. But like Alex said, and like you already said, the, the Magic are just not rolling out anybody that should provide resistance or should be able to hang with the Hornets in this one. Um, you know, I, one thing, I guess, that could bring this number down is if the Magic decide to play some of that defense that we saw in early March. But that's that hasn't happened for a long time. Their defensive efficiency has dropped tremendously. They've only covered three out of their last 11 games. So I, I think the Hornets are the only side you could look at here. Well, that's music to my ears with two plays in this one, taking the Hornets team total over 121 and laying the points 13 and a half with Charlotte tonight. Sixers and Raptors tonight in Toronto. Sixers are a one and a half point favorite after this line opened in favor of the Raptors. Totals 220. Sixers are wrapping up a three-game road trip. They come into tonight's game having won their last three. Toronto also enters tonight's matchup having played well as of late. They've won six of their last seven games. So, Alex, what are you targeting in this game tonight? A couple things at work here. You know, my numbers really like the over here quite a bit, and I think part of the reason we're getting some value here is you go back and look at the last matchup, just a couple um, actually, no, late in March, uh, March 20th, 93-88. I mean, the game didn't even get to 200 points. But you go look at the schedule spot for both teams, really mucky. The shooting for both teams, I think the full game shooting for both teams was less than 35%, maybe one of them less than 30. Both teams less than 30% from three. So I think we're getting a little bit of an over-adjustment from that perspective. The Sixers, when James Harden and Joel Embiid are playing, continue to score a ton of points. And Matisse Thibel is out tonight. He's not vaccinated, so he can't play in Toronto. That means the Sixers will be missing one of their key defensive pieces, and they put someone on the floor who's going to be a little bit of off 
better offensively, much worse defensively, should open up opportunities for Toronto tonight. I think this will be a little quicker paced game, given that both of these teams are going to be trying to win. Toronto trying to lock in the fifth seed so they don't have to be six and play um, Milwaukee or Boston there. The Sixers trying to get up to two. Tonight is a big night for the second seed. That Boston-Milwaukee game probably decides the two seed, but if the Sixers can win, it's going to be really close. So I expect this to be a really up and down game and, and a lot of teams and both teams being very active. And this could be a preview for the first round of the playoffs if Philly and Toronto both stay exactly where they are right now in, in the fourth and fifth spots. Chris, what do you expect out of these two teams tonight? Yeah, this, this, this one's a tough call for me. Um, if they care about this game, which I think they do too, right? Uh, this this could absolutely be a first round playoff matchup. Um, then I kind of lean to the under in this. Um, you know, I was watching the highlights of that last game, and yeah, that game started off with a really fast pace, high tempo, a lot of scoring, and then just really slowed down. Um, and I think you know most of that was because those shots were being contended, you know, by two pretty good defenses. And talk about a good defense, the Raptors. Uh, <laughs> They're, they're third in defensive efficiency since the All-Star break. No, no one's talking about the Raptors in, in general, uh, which kind of annoys me uh, because this is a really solid basketball team lately. Uh, and if you watched them last time, it's just they showed an ability to really slow down the 76ers, especially in the second half. Um, so, you know, I, the Raptors can just lock down. and they can. I mean, I, I trust them more than the 76ers, so I kind of like the Raptors in this matchup. Um, if they didn't, if these two teams didn't care as much, maybe I'll look at an over here. But I, I think the line's about right for me. And like I said, I'd, I'd probably lean towards the under here just because of what I saw in that game. Um, you know, in the other two games previously in the year, the Raptors weren't a full team. Siakam wasn't in one of those games. Uh, so it, this is this is just a really tough one. If it if it feels like playoff basketball, then I have to lean to the to the under. Um, but you know, uh, Alex. Alex has a system that I don't. So, so uh, you know, you got to trust your own process. Uh, but yeah, I, this is just a really tough game for me. With Toronto being favored and having now flipped to Philadelphia being favored. Well, the move has gone across zero, so, uh, so it's not really that big of a move. I mean, it's, you know, it was Toronto minus one earlier, now it's the Sixers minus just a couple points, so not the biggest move in the world, and I think in general the Sixers have a higher quality roster, but Toronto at home, they've been playing really good basketball. Uh, it's a close game, and again, any move across zero isn't that big of a deal. Are you, as a Sixers fan, at all worried that if this is the first-round matchup and Matisse Thibault isn't able to play in Toronto for that entire series, that that's going to be a problem? Not particularly. If the series comes down to Matisse Thibault, the Sixers have a lot of other issues that's to worry right. about. So <laughs> uh, it's as long as Joel Embiid can behave himself in Toronto, where historically maybe hasn't been the best spot for him, I think he'll be fine. Has it's he likes to go out and have fun? That's his city. I mean, just take some time and look at his performances in Toronto versus his performances <laughs> elsewhere. Okay. Well, do we target Joel and beat unders tonight? Then is that what you're telling us? It's well, not a bad okay. idea. Take a look at it. Okay. All right. Well, Alex is playing the over okay. in this one. Uh, Two twenty. <laughs> Grizzlies and Nuggets. They face off tonight in Denver. Nuggets are a four and a half point favorites. Totals two thirty three. Memphis just had a seven-game win streak snapped in overtime by the Utah Jazz on Tuesday, and the Nuggets no doubt looking to bounce back after taking a beating by the Spurs earlier this week. Chris, you are targeting 
a total in this game as well. What do you like? I am. I, I like the under in this one. There's quite a few reasons why. Um, you know, first of all, the Nuggets have not ascended the second half of the season because of their defense. You know, they, they showed some really good defense at the start of the season, but it's because of how they changed their style on offense. And a lot of that is Jokic. A lot of that is Jokic and his supporting cast and players like, I mean, Will Barn, Monte Morris, Aaron Gordon. These guys have all been great for Denver, especially I, I still think Aaron Gordon is just in such a, a great role there in Denver. But even like DeMarcus Cousins has been great off the bench to give Jokic some rest. Austin Rivers and Bones Highland, great energy for this team. Um, and, you know, just when you think about all these players and Jokic, yes, good good defenders, but not great defenders. They win by their offense, and they've really increased their pace, especially recently. Uh, coming off that disappointing loss to the Spurs, where Jokic was really doing everything in that game, um, you know, momentum is a real thing, right? And without getting too dorky here with psychology, we know that momentum enables all of us as humans, as athletes, to perform in ways that are far beyond our normal capacity. And teams want that going into the playoffs. So you can't stumble into the playoffs, right? So uh, the Nuggets have been playing really well, but um, they want to feel more fluid on offense, and that last game was not that. This is just a great spot for the Nuggets. They're at home to find that momentum again, and it's an important it's an important game for them. Um, they want that number six seed. You know, the Timberwolves are still breathing down their – neck a little bit um and, and denver has been a top 10 offense most of the season certainly more recently too and lately they've been increasing their pace like i said uh a lot of that is Jokic, you know facilitating all of his supporting cast but it's just it's just been an efficient offense in general um the reason why i like the full game total over more than the denver team total over is just because of variance right i mean these are both explosive fast offenses that can score so if Denver does stumble a little bit, the Grizzlies have been bringing it game after game after game. They've been putting up points. They play fast. Uh, they're a top five offense. Eight of the last 11 Nuggets games have gone over, and the average margin to the over in those games are 15 and five points over those eight, 15 and a half uh, points over those eight games. So big time overs. Market isn't adjusting appropriately. Uh, 60% against the spread to the over at home and after a loss too. So a lot of things pointing towards the over here. I'm going to trust my numbers. I have this one around 238. It's over 233. Alex, um, do you agree with this? Do you like the over in this one as well? Lots of points here tonight in Denver. I see no reason to ever bet a Memphis Grizzlies under. That's for sure. I mean, the way this team plays, the way they're happy to engage and run up and down the floor, the, the way the roster is deep and continues to play hard the entire game. The Nuggets here are basically playing to end their season. If they can win this game tonight, the game against the Lakers on Sunday is meaningless. So I expect a good effort from them there. And they like playing a little faster pace when they're at home. It takes a little more advantage of the altitude and things like that. So it's definitely an under a pass spot. What do we think about the side here? Because the Grizzlies, yes, they're without a couple players, especially John Morant, but they cover at a crazy rate and especially on the road. Can they cover this four and a half? I didn't write about the number. I like the Grizzlies first quarter, so maybe Grizzlies early, Nuggets late, but I had the full game right about the number. Okay. It feels right. a little bit like the Suns game yesterday, right, where, where yeah. the line just crept up a little too much to anybody who can middle. Uh, you know, it might not be a bad idea if you got a good number on Denver. Yeah, this game opened Denver minus two and a half, I believe. It's climbed up a little bit. But Chris isn't worried about that. He is looking at the over 230. All right, questions here. 
Celtics are sitting some guys tonight. Celtics play the Bucks. So it's supposed to be a big matchup, but it looks like Jason Tatum's out. Al Horford maybe out. What are the Celtics doing here, sitting all their players with the Bucks half a game behind them for that second spot? There's some competing. Go ahead, Alex. I think the Celtics are trying to finish in the third or fourth spot. I think they'd rather play the Bulls or the Raptors in the first round than slide up to two and maybe have to run into the Nets um, or, or the Hawks in the eighth seed or the Hornets in the eighth seed there. I mean, it's hard to say. It's hard to know what the motivation is. At the end of the day, Tatum is out. Horford is out. It's really hard to back the Celtics without either one of those guys in the four. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. I think the Celtics are trying to set themselves up to have a first-round matchup against the Bulls, and why, why would you not? I mean, that, that's probably the best team in the East besides the Cavs to face right now. Like, I, I'd rather face the Hornets and the Hawks. I mean, I'd rather face the Cavs and the Bulls than I would the Hornets and the Hawks, you know, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're in the play-in tournament. So that's just the way things are going right now for the Bulls. So I totally agree. I don't think the Celtics care that much about this game. The Cavs, though, could be getting Jared Allen and Evan Mobley back. Evan Mobley's questionable for tomorrow which is big. So that'll be interesting yeah. to see how that plays out, both their game tomorrow and how they do in the playoffs. Yeah, that's a tough, yeah, that's a tough spot to come back though. You know, if you're Evan Mobley, you're a rookie, you've never been to the playoffs before, you're cold, you're coming in, um, you know, is it going to make their team better? Probably. But now that's another, that's some more quick adjustments to make, right? Right, right up into the playoffs. That's tough. Yep. One other question just came in. What about um, San Antonio's team total tonight? 116 and a half. They're playing the Timberwolves. Alex, as our team total guy, what do you think? No DeWante Murray, no Spurs bets. Yep. Yeah, Murray has a significant difference on their pace, too. Um, They go faster with him. So I, I, I like some Timberwolves plays in that game, but I would stay off the Spurs. And the Timberwolves, for whatever reason, play much better defense at home than they do on the road, and they're home tonight. So I agree with you guys. Stay off that um, Spurs team total. All right, uh, short and sweet show today. Let's finish it off by taking a look at our best bets. Three overs tonight. Chris has the over in the Grizzlies-Nuggets game. I'm taking the Hornets team total over. Alex is playing the over in the Sixers-Raptors, and then I'm laying the 13-and-a-half with Charlotte tonight. That is all we have. Time to go watch some uh, golf. Baseball, what do you guys got on tap for the evening? Baseball, yeah, baseball's on right now. That's a, Yeah, that's opening day. The best, the best part about baseball is that it comes out at 2 o'clock, 1 o'clock, 12 mm-hmm. o'clock sometimes. Awesome. I know, Alex. <laughs> I'm not a huge baseball guy either, but especially compared to the NBA and the NFL, but it's nice to have sports on that early. Yeah. Alex, you're not Master. a Phillies fan? Master. Well, I mean, how can I, it's, I mean, I'm a Phillies fan. I like going, but the first professional franchise in the world to 10,000 losses was my Philadelphia Phillies, so mostly take the mom to keep her happy, but otherwise not too interested. <laughs> okay. I got to tell you, we keep our listeners on their toes. It, this show is probably going to end at 24 minutes. We we got some shows that are like 58, three minutes. Yeah, we're all over the place, you know? Just kind of depends on where things are going, how many games we have, how interesting those games are going to be. Uh, tonight should be one of the more interesting nights just because there could be quite a few um, lopsided games tonight. But All right, so that's all we have. Head over to Twitter. Give us all a follow. Chris is at FarleyBets. Alex is at underscore noobs. I am at Kate Constable. We will see you back here tomorrow to wrap up the week. Have a great night.